Hi, welcome to the Quiet Rebel Bureau podcast. I'm Lynn Thurman. And I'm Paul Thurman. And today we are really excited to have fellow author and friend Rachel Patterson with us today. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel, for taking time out of your really busy schedule <laughs> to talk with us. Thank you for the invite. Yes, the one question I kind of want to start out with, Rachel, is how do you have the time to do all these things? <laughs> Um, uh, I have no idea is probably the best answer. <laughs> I think probably being busy keeps me out of trouble, which is probably the best um, answer. No, I, I work from home, so I am very blessed that my real job allows me to work from home part time. So scheduling is probably one of my key things. I am a bit of an organized control freak. So <laughs> everything's kind of written down and organized. It doesn't always go to plan. I don't always get it right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have my overwhelming meltdown moments like anybody else, but uh, somehow it generally comes together. Yeah, I was visiting your website this morning and I was just amazed the number of books and the publications you write for and everything. Just amazing. And in fact, you can't shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a new book coming out on sun magic. Uh, I, soon, uh, uh, yeah, end, end of June. Yes. So how did that one come about? Because your moon magic has been really popular, hasn't it? Your moon magic book. Yeah, my moon magic book is actually my bestseller. It, it's gone crazy. And I... I think leading on from that, I work a lot with the sun. I mean, as, as witches and pagans, we work with the moon a huge amount. But I found that I was also working with the sun, possibly even more, because I'm not really a night owl, <laughs> tucked up in bed by half past eight. <laughs> so I am, and because I love to garden, I am outside a lot. So I found that actually I was working with the magic of the sun far more than I was working with the moon. I'm also impatient. So working with moon phases and waiting 28 days for the right, you know, the next moon phase. <laughs> Whereas with the sun, you've got all the phases in one day with the sunrise and midday and sunset. You've got all of those phases in the one day. So I could um, not have to wait. <laughs> you know it's part of what I do it's part of my a big part of my magic why do you think the sun is neglected I mean even in England we do have sun daily (laughs) (laughs) it might be behind a cloud but (laughs) it is there (laughs) it's funny isn't it I don't know why it gets um sort of left so much and there's so many moon goddesses but there doesn't seem to be as many sun goddesses um i struggle sulist is probably the first one that springs to mind but there's not a huge amount of them although if you look egypt has a lot of sun gods is it to do with the weather perhaps i don't know do they work more with sun magic in hotter countries perhaps that's something to do with it um, I don't know. We do seem to be really focused on the moon for some reason. Do you think that's because we usually associate the sun with a masculine deity and yeah. witchcraft is, you know, a bit more heavy on the feminine. So the poor masculine gets a bit neglected. It does, doesn't it? I think it is quite heavily weighted on the feminine side. And I am... My whole life has to be about balance, going back to getting everything done and all the stuff I do. Balance plays quite a big 
role in my life. So I've always liked that balance between the masculine and the feminine. So maybe that's why I work with the sun as much as I do the moon. But yeah, witchcraft really does seem to be quite moon-led, isn't it? Yeah, it really does. And like you said, if you've got all of the the like the right timings in one day, it seems a bit bizarre to have to wait 28 days if you've got no patience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously it's a different energy, isn't it? There are specific things that yeah. work better with the sun and the moon and they have their own characteristics. But yeah, I do think it does get neglected quite a lot. Yeah, I think so too. So what can people expect from your book? Uh, lots of waffle like usual it's just me talking like I normally do it is my all of my books are very much sitting around the kitchen table with a cup of tea and obviously a slice of cake obviously. Um, <laughs> yes <laughs> there is there are recipes in there because I don't think I've done a book without a cake recipe but I managed to slip one in wherever I do um, but yeah, it is. it follows very similar format to the Moon Magic one. I wanted to get that balance again. I wanted to get um, what I've done with the Moon Magic one, but the same with Sun Magic. So there is a very similar format to it. So there are rituals and spells and gods and goddesses, foods and herbs, all the correspondences and, and how to work with it on a daily basis. Excellent. And do you have a favourite sun ritual? I am a kitchen witch and possibly a lazy witch. <laughs> but you guys have been to Air Open Rituals and I love that you called them organised chaos. That's pretty, <laughs> that pretty much sums up how I work um, with rituals. At home, I am very, very unceremonial. I, my basic rituals are literally just to go outside and, and talk. Talk to the moon, talk to the sun talk to nature connecting with that spirit in my garden basically because I do a lot of my magic in my garden Um, a lot of my spells are left out there to do their thing so from a ritual point of view it is very loose and it is very much spur of the moment go outside and see what happens that's great that's one of the things I've really appreciated actually is because everything isn't just you know um like out of a playbook or something and and you can really center on the connection rather than just the doing. I think that's the most important thing for me. My training is Wicca. I started with Wicca and I have done, so I think structure, most of our rituals that we do with Kitchen Witch have that basic Wiccan structure framework because it works. And I think people come to expect a certain layout from rituals when you're doing them with a group but my personal ones are very much that they are very personal and I'm not ceremonial so I do a very organic kind of magic and just see what happens and let it play out I'd like to go back to the balance again because we did speak about um, how witchcraft has been very feminine. Do you think that the balance is actually coming back because we're seeing that maybe going too far with the feminine really doesn't serve us in the long run? There does seem to have been that really big feminine push, doesn't there, more, more recently. There is that side of it seems to have overpowered it sometimes. Um, I mean, whatever your pathway is, work for it, how it works for you. 
but there are always seem to be far more female witches um not necessarily female pagans but female witches and that female energy and there is quite a big movement that follow uh the womb magic working from the womb which i think if that works for you brilliant but it is quite it, it excludes quite a lot of people and i think that's quite sad um so i think we do need to bring that masculine energy back but then there's the whole female male and all the other branches from it now aren't there that you know maybe it should maybe we should just include it all as a whole rather than splitting it off I don't know it's a difficult one but I think you do need a balance rather than just that one feminine energy I agree I agree um talking about womb magic which I think is really related is that you've been very open and public about your journey through menopause (laughs) the evil (laughs) menopause (laughs) (laughs) but this is kind of like an aspect that gets overlooked that we we have like the maiden mother crone archetypes within witchcraft but that time in between that transition period from mother to crone is kind of neglected do you think I think it's too much of a gap I think I mean I am still a mother I I was I came to motherhood later perhaps I was 31 when I had my first child so my children are still teenagers but I'm 50 I was 50 last year So I think I am still a mother, but I'm not sure I'm at the crone stage yet. So I I think there's a gap and I like to pop the matriarch in there. I like to have that fourth kind of phase because that to me is the power that I'm coming into. I'm I'm not ready to retire yet. Can't afford to retire yet. (laughs) Um, So I'm still working. I'm still doing the mother thing. But I am perhaps now the children are older. I am. I have more time to do my own thing now. I am. uh, I've got that time to follow my own interests and find myself, really, because you do get lost in motherhood, don't you? There's so many other priorities that take over. But I'm not ready for that kind of wise old crone thing yet. So I think I am very much in the matriarch, which perhaps is part of the menopause as well. Perhaps that sort of ties in with it. It does. And we live longer these days, don't we? So that gap between the end of motherhood to cronehood, I mean, is is a lot wider than what it would have been. I mean, years ago, people would never have got to cronehood. So we are probably (laughs) blessed. No, I have struggled with the menopause, but I have because it has been particularly evil for me. The the hormone mood swing side of it, it has been horrendous, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I've had odd things. I've had menopausal acne, which I didn't even have when I was 16. But (laughs) (laughs) the hormone side of it has been incredibly difficult to deal with and it, it it's not I don't talk about my personal life very often but I felt the need to do it with this because I've been lost in finding information or support or help of any kind I've tried various herbal rem- remedies unfortunately they didn't work for me um, I have finally found a sympathetic doctor that actually understands it because she's been through it herself, which is a bit of a bonus. But I think it's been for me about accepting that it's happening. Nothing you can do 
to stop it from happening necessarily, but also realizing that you don't have to deal with it on your own or that you don't have to just go with the flow. Um, I have read things that have said, Oh, it's all part of life's transition. Just breathe through it. (laughs) No, no, you can't. (laughs) When you wake up and all you want to do is cry all day or the next day you have no connection to anything at all. Or I've had days where I've had complete, meltdowns and haven't even recognized who I am you can't just breathe through that (laughs) I have on some days expected the men in white coats to come and take me away I mean I'm laughing because you have to but it has been incredibly hard to deal with but I think part of that again from from a witch point of view I am slightly blessed in that as a witch I do have an extra toolkit to help me deal with it that perhaps someone that isn't pagan or a witch wouldn't have. Mm. I can do meditations, I can do rituals, I can do spells to help me through it all. You still need support and help from other areas, but I do perhaps have a little bit of an edge because I've got that witch's toolkit. But it, it's, it's been horrendous, <laughs> quite frankly. There is not very much information in like the magical field and the witchcraft field about this time in a woman's life, though, is no, there? No, so, there isn't. so you can lose the sacredness of the journey because you feel so alone and so isolated and wake up wondering, well, what the hell's going to happen to me today? <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like. And it is it's scary. It's very scary. Hmm. So could that be a possible next book for Rachel Patterson, The Magic of Menopause? <laughs> you know, one of these, one of these synchronicity things. Um, <laughs> earlier this year, I was asked to write a book for Llewellyn about healing with magic and rituals and spells, but from the uh, mental emotional point of view. Mm. So it's done. The manuscripts with Llewellyn at the moment. And it deals with stress, anxiety, panic attacks and the menopause, which I think because I'm a bit of an out there figure and I do talks to groups of people and I lead things. People think that I don't get any of those issues or Mm. problems, but I, you know, I'm human like anybody else. And I have stresses and panics and all sorts of things, just like anybody else. Um, but again, we're back to the witch's toolkit. So I have got that there to help me through it. So yes, the book is written. <laughs> it will be out next year. <laughs> uh, this wasn't planned, was it? <laughs> didn't know about that. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing with the menopause, when I came to write a ritual to help with the menopause, it, I pondered for a long time and it actually ended up being a ritual about transitions. It ended up being a ritual about so that it isn't just for the menopausal woman. It could be for anybody uh, that's going through big changes or transitions in their life. I'm pretty sure men have a menopause of some sort as well. Um, I think there's tend to be going out and buying a Ferrari. Everybody has those moments in their life, don't they, where they, they change, they transition. So that's what that kind of a bit of a light bulb moment for me writing that because it was actually this is a transition let's let's not embrace it as such because it's horrible but work with it uh, it was a bit of an eye-opener for me actually 
I like that you mentioned that men go out and buy Ferraris because you know everyone. <laughs> you're not doing it, Paul. By the way, we cannot afford a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the, the midlife crisis for men, and it's it's kind of a bit of stereotypical, like the Ferrari, and they yeah. go out and trade in their wives for younger models. <laughs> it's just it's like an external version of the the transformation that goes on with women at menopause, you know, these deep changes that happen, yeah. only that men do it in a flashy car kind of way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Although I do have to add, it kind of stems from the same thing, because I know sometimes I even feel those meltdown times and, and things like that as well. So yeah. you get the same inner feelings, even though we may go about it in a silly outward fashion. <laughs> I think well I think men perhaps don't talk about it so much do they I mean there is a lack of information on the menopause for a start but there's really nothing about a male side of it but yeah you guys must do you must go through the same changes although I have come to the conclusion that a, a man may actually trade in their wife for a younger model because their <laughs> wife's menopausal and they really don't know what to do with her <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the, the sad position from the men really in where we're at right now. We don't talk to each other and then we're not connecting with the women either. And so we're all kind of isolated out there. So it's yeah, really it, a it's a lone, lonely situation to be in. It really does need uh, talking about more and more support, definitely, to know that you're not alone going through it. Mm. And we see the terrible um, increase in suicide rates in our younger generation. So, you know, you can see that things are not working, whatever age you're at, really. (laughs) No, I think there's so much thrown at us these days uh, that it's overwhelming. Social media, well, media of all kinds, television, Mm -hmm. films, so much pressure and information. We are constantly bombarded with it all. And I think that, I think that's one of the main effects or causes of it. We didn't have that when I was a kid. You didn't have all that. You weren't out there you nobody saw a lot of the stuff that you got up to <laughs> she says thankfully <laughs> but i think we are we're, we're literally bombarded from the minute that we get up to the minute that we go to bed with how we should be what we should be wearing what we should be doing what the next person's doing and it's just overwhelming and i think it just puts so much pressure on everybody especially the, the younger generation yeah, Paul and I were actually having a conversation about this yesterday, saying that because Tabby is similar age to your Ben, and yeah. how we would not want to be a teenager in this oh, age. No. We were quite happy with the eighties. Thank you very much. <laughs> so. I never left nineteen eighty-five. I'm still there. <laughs> but no, I, I wouldn't mind my figure and my energy from when I was sixteen. But I would no, I, I wouldn't want to be a teenager again. Yeah, it's such a hard, hard thing for them to go through. Yeah, definitely. So what other books have you got in the pipeline? Because obviously one with Llewellyn and one coming out next month isn't enough. There must be more, Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. (laughs) I've got another one coming out in November, which is part of my Kitchen Witchcraft series that the very lovely Moon Books have allowed me to do my own series. Um, spells and charms and garden magics out so the third one crystal magic is out in november it's a bit of a different perspective because it's about working with crystals from a magical point of view 
it's about working spells with them basically rather than the general idea about them it's very witchcraft it is it's it's crystal witchcraft basically so that one comes out in november and i'm just wrapping up the manuscript for my first cookbook with moon books and that'll be out next year as well that's really exciting because i can vouch for that recipe in there <laughs> you have been very willing victims to some of my recipe testing i know it's hard but we sacrifice ourselves for you taking one for the team yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a new series actually that moon books are doing called practically pagan and there will be lots of books in the series with a pagan influence but hopefully opening up to uh, a bigger audience really not necessarily pagans so I've gone with seasonal cooking so I've it's the book split into months so it works with all the seasonal ingredients Um, but I have to thank you guys because it was you guys that got me into (laughs) vegan baking (laughs) and I find it very difficult not to make vegan cakes now (laughs) oh that pleases me no end (laughs) (laughs) Um, it has it's been because you know you guys started coming to our rituals and I I, I am someone called me the other day they called me a feeder <laughs> I like to feed people so I wanted to make sure that there were vegan cakes for you guys um, and it, it's been a really interesting journey and I write for Pagan Dawn as well and they asked me to do some vegan recipes as well so it was quite an interesting area to look into and I've found some fantastic recipes that I wouldn't necessarily go back to making uh, ordinary baking now. Chocolate chip cookies, the vegan ones I've made, are the best ones I've ever made. (laughs) So, yeah, it's been really interesting. It gives such a different... Um, and even my kid my kids started off by being suspicious. (laughs) Try this. But I think people have this idea, don't they, that it's always vegan, I'm not going to eat that i don't know why it's got that kind of reputation i think and i've had that reaction uh, from a lot of people oh no i'm not eating that it's vegan but in actual (laughs) fact there's there's a lot of stuff you eat that's vegan anyway that people don't even think about (laughs) 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 the basics yeah it's weird isn't it i don't know why it's got that kind of reputation so i am encouraging everybody to to try vegan baking because there's some fantastic recipes out there the last ritual we went to where you made all uh vegan cakes amazing but that that was I think those were the recipes that I I gave to my kids and they wouldn't have been able to tell they they, you know they they no one would have been able to say oh that's vegan because they were all delicious and people have this idea that if it's vegan it's not going to taste nice but in actual fact it's completely the opposite they need to come to your rituals to (laughs) I'll convert them all (laughs) (laughs) do you think that this um this trend of going towards more plant-based living do you think that there's a spiritual component to that as well i think there's definitely a health benefit because i have i've i'm not completely vegan or vegetarian but i have cut out a lot of meat and i have been more focused on plant-based to try and help with the menopause actually and i've had quite a big effect i have felt a huge amount better um, so it's 
proof really for me that it has been better i think again we are back to balance something you've got to do what works for you and for your family and i have got teenagers and they're not you know oh where's the meat (laughs) they always look for the meat in the recipe um so i think it is about just baby steps really making small changes towards it but there does seem to be a huge section of the pagan and spiritual community that are vegan or vegetarian but i think that's that's just thinking about things isn't it perhaps we think about animals in a different way or you know life in general really because we are i i am i'm an animist i i know there's spirit and life in everything that's how i work with it so yeah maybe because you've got that spiritual connection you do think about animals and food in a different way yeah yeah what do you, um, I was just kind of thinking about that. A lot of people are saying that if um, we really don't start acting, that, the, that maybe we have like only 10 years left because of everything that's going on in like um, in the, the ecosystem and the environment and everything. Um, what part do you see that, that witches have to play in that and what can we do to help things move forward? Oh, the world's a mess, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's madness out there, complete madness. <laughs> I think I'm quite pleased to know that it does seem that the pagan community is growing. We are one of the biggest growing religions, as far as I as I know, and I think that it is a good thing because we do generally care about the planet, and we think about it from a different point of view. I'm pretty sure that Mother Nature is menopausal, drunk or both. I'm not really (laughs) sure. Or maybe she's just completely peed off with us, damaging and destroying our planet. Mm. (laughs) Because of the weather patterns and the seasons, they're all changing. Um, it's, It's all a bit mixed up, to be honest. It all seems a bit mad. But yeah, I think, I think again, it's about baby steps. Um, I do eat seasonally, but I've got teenagers to feed. I've got a family to feed and I'm on a a budget. Mm. If I could, I would buy organic everything, but not everyone can afford to do that. I certainly can't afford to do that, particularly with the meat because it is quite expensive. And I understand why it's expensive. I I lived and worked on a farm in my late teens on a pig farm. Thankfully it was free range, but I do understand why it costs more. And I think, I think the people responsible are the supermarkets, the big supermarkets. They're the ones that push the prices, which force the farmers to produce things even cheaper. And they can't do it without some form of, of you know, restricting animals and squashing them all into big, you know, small spaces. It's the supermarkets that are pressing them to do that because they can't afford to do free range and then sell to the supermarket at the prices that the supermarkets want to pay. Mm-hmm. So I think it is, a, it is doing what you can as an individual. Um, I get my vegetables from Riverford. I get the vegetable boxes each week. No plastic recyclable cardboard uh, and it's local and I'm helping out from that point of view I do the rest of my shop in the supermarket because I have to from a price point of view but that's my little bit that's my you know baby steps if everybody does a little bit it all adds up I think you're totally right because the problem is so huge that you can become overwhelmed and then you don't do anything yeah yeah 
a little step and if everyone did a little step then things would change because they have to change yeah definitely definitely but is you can do as much as you can because people are limited by circumstances and money and and all that sort of thing but yeah every little bit helps every tiny bit helps absolutely well thank you so much rachel it's it's been really good um i have just one more thing i'd like to ask from you too um what are some of your future plans as you move forward or Obviously, you're going to continue writing and talking. <laughs> well, world domination. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run for prime minister. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> Drive everyone with cakes and <laughs> cake <coffee. laughs> um, I am really blessed. I've only been writing books since 2013. So it's been completely mad. I've already got bookings for talks next year I'm going to be back at the Sussex Fairy Festival um, and you know there's it's just falling in at the moment there are I've got more book contracts already signed <laughs> <laughs> I know it's mad uh, I've actually got uh, a contract to do a bigger version of the Moon Magic book uh, which oh, is yeah that's in that's going to be really interesting I have started it that's going to be interesting and more in my kitchen witchcraft series as well I've also got an oracle deck that's coming out in November that's through Llewellyn as well and that's flower magic that's all photographs from flowers in my garden oh, um, I'm work, working with the magic of flowers so yeah it's all really pretty much as it's been but trying really to keep a control on it (laughs) again we're back to balance because I have you know children and a husband and it's nice to see them as well (laughs) so yeah it's more of the same more book writing and more events but um yeah getting out I've just come back from Witchfest Midlands which was absolutely brilliant hate the M6 it's evil but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that was a brilliant festival and, and meeting lots of people that don't get down south um so yeah it's it's fun um i'm hopefully fingers crossed going to edinburgh next year as well for um pagan federation so getting out there but you know keeping it now i'm going to put this out there you guys did a tarot reading for me earlier on this year and you said you'll be traveling you said you'll be traveling i said no i'm never getting on a plane again i'm not doing traveling i hate traveling and so, so far i've traveled up to the west midlands and next year i'm going to edinburgh so it's your fault <laughs> oh well you were warned rachel i was yes Oh. No, more, more of the same really but it's just so lovely to to meet people as well and to chat people with people that are you know we're all in this together we've just got to make it work really absolutely Those words. and finally where can people find you uh wherever there's cake (laughs) (laughs) and i won't be far behind (laughs) Uh, my website is rachelpatterson.co.uk you can also find me on the kitchenwitchhearth.com which is where all of our open rituals and our online school and everything's run from with my brilliant kitchen witch 
uh, hearth guardians i could not do what i do without the support from the kitchen which posse the gang are absolutely brilliant and of course my husband who comes along to a huge amount of stuff <laughs> with me and he's not pagan in the least he just comes along to make sure i don't get into trouble <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's brilliant so just a big thank you to everybody really because people have been so fantastic and i've met some amazing people um you know it, it's brilliant community to be part of it really is yeah so thank you again rachel it's been an absolute no, you're pleasure welcome to you yeah thank you very much and um yeah hopefully we can chat again soon i'd love to and <laughs> if not i'll see you with cake at some absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening uh we're lynn and paul from the quiet rebel bureau and we have been talking with the lovely rachel patterson today so until next time bye bye